Welcome back once again to the End Time Podcast. We're happy you decided to join us once more as we discuss again on water baptism and what really is the correct way to be baptized in order to be identified with the truth of the scripture. everyone once again i think in the last episode we ended up with the question was peter wrong i think brother andrew started alluding into the answer to it and as he said in the introduction we'd like to dive a little deeper into it uh today so i just want to read from matthew 28 19 the commandment that jesus gives to the disciples um, as he's about to live the scene and he said go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And now I want to jump right to Acts chapter 2, verse 38, because this is the commandment that Jesus gives. And here is Peter after the day of Pentecost, and here in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So, brothers, what's Peter wrong? If you're sitting at home right now and you happen to have a pen and paper with you, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to write on that piece of paper your name, your address, and your phone number. If your piece of paper right now literally has written out Y-O-U-R-A-D-D-R-E-S-S, Y-O-U-R-N-A-M-E and Y-O-U-R-F-H-O-F-H-P-H-O-N-E-N-U-M-B-E-R written on it. You nailed Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Because that's the way most people look at the scripture. When Jesus said, Go and be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Which one of those is a name? Yeah. Father's not a name. I'm a father. I have sons. But your name is Andrew. But my name is Andrew. I am a son. I have a father. And your name is Andrew. But my name is Andrew. <laughs> I have a spirit within me. But that's not my name. My name is Andrew. That's how I identify as Andrew. And Jesus is saying, go baptize in the name the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And I think it's very important to, you know, notice this portion of the scripture that it says, name, N-A-M-E, not names. Plural. So, singular, not plural, yeah. right? Yeah, we can see one thing very important here, that Jesus never gave a name, but Peter gave a name. One time a person asked this question, unto what name you were baptized? Searching the scripture... We never found in the Bible, in the page of the Bible, that anybody was baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost that we call titles. It's amazing. The church, nominal world, maybe 95% plus 
baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in the scripture, you'll never find one person. And, and we challenge you, if you find someone in the Bible that's done that way, come and send us a note, send us an email. You won't find it in the Bible. Jesus said uh, the repentance and remission of sins shall be preached in his name, beginning at Jerusalem to the utmost parts of the water. That's Luke 24, 47. He said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's Mark 16, 16. So the apostles knew what the most religious leaders in the world today will fail to see or recognize that scripture. First, that the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is a family name of all Christians, both in heavens and on earth. That's Ephesians 3.15. And that there is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved, only in the name of Jesus. That's Acts 4.12. Second, that the fullness of the Godhead dwelleth bodily in Christ. That's Colossians 2.9. And third, that the baptism must be performed in the name of the crucified. That's 1 Corinthians 1.13. The Bible tells us plainly that whatever you do in war or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's Colossians 3.17. Peter, having the keys to the kingdom, obeyed him and said to the Jews, Repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of your sins. What we're talking about, Acts Chapter 2 to 38. And you shall receive. Now, this is a promise. No maybe, but if you obey, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, this is a promise for the believer to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit if we obey that commandment. And the key part there is that you have to obey the formula. Peter set out a formula, and that was to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ with repentance. Now, there's the question, was Peter wrong? Uh, We've already looked at it a little bit, but another way to look at it is this. Now, the question would be, is Peter wrong, saying something differently than what Jesus Christ himself said? And there might be different ways we can approach it, but here's one way to approach it. Peter was given, and we talked in the last episode, the revelation or that that rock. Upon this rock, Jesus said, I'll build my church in Matthew chapter 16. So he received keys to the kingdom and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. So there Peter was standing in the book of Acts chapter 2 with the keys to the kingdom, that revelation of who Jesus was. And he had those keys to the kingdom. And not only did he have the keys to the kingdom, because we know after that he fell and he backslid and he denied knowing Jesus. He still had the keys, but he fell. But then in Acts chapter 2, he received the Holy Ghost in the upper room. So he had the keys and he had Jesus Christ's literal life inside of him. And then he gets up to preach a sermon. And I'll ask you a question. How could he get it wrong? How could God let him get it wrong? He was now revealing to everyone. These are, this is how he was now opening up the word to everyone to say, this is that straight gate. This is how you're going to get into the kingdom. Could he get it wrong? Absolutely not. No, he sure couldn't. And I think this allows us to explore a little bit more on the day of Pentecost. Because I think it's important to understand 
how Peter is speaking. That it's not exactly Peter speaking. It's God speaking through Peter. Because in in this, if you follow in Acts chapter 2 in verse 1, it says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Pentecost literally means 50. Okay, this is 50 days since the ascension. They waited. It was seven Sabbaths, which was seven weeks. And we're now in the 50th day. And they'd finally come. They tarried together. They were in one mind and in one accord. They were obedient to what Jesus said. Go and wait for in the in an upper room. Go wait for me. Go tarry. And they obeyed him, really not knowing exactly what they were waiting for. No, nobody had any idea this had never happened before. Nobody was going there. They were just had the words of Jesus to go on and say, go and wait, go do what you're told to do. And then suddenly a sound came from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and it appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire, and it sat upon each of them. Mm. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It began to manifest itself in this way. But what the key was, there was something that came in. There was a wind that came in. It was a rushing mighty wind. There were tongues of fire that were visible to the eye. But the key statement is, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, They weren't just filled with their own spirit. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. And then if you jump down when Peter begins to speak, and in verse 17 he says, speaking about which the prophet Joel said in the Bible, in Joel 2, where Joel talks about, it'll come to pass in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I'll show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath and blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And all of these great manifestations. But he says, I'm going to pour out my spirit. So whose spirit is it? It's the spirit of God. Yeah. It's exactly the same spirit that was living in Jesus Christ. When Jesus would come and say, upon this rock, the revelation of who I am, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell won't prevail against it. The same one that could say, go and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Now, His the same spirit that's in him comes back upon the people. And Peter stands up and he begins to preach because Peter... He was the boisterous one of the group. He was the one that always had something to say. <laughs> but it was finally when, after he preached the sermon, it was so convicting when they realized who Jesus was. What convicted them was they realized that the one that they had crucified, he was both Lord and Christ. That Jesus was both Lord and Christ. Jesus, the Son, was both the Father and the Spirit. That it was the Lord Jesus Christ. And they said, what, what must we do? And Peter stands up and says, you need to repent. And you need to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's exactly what he says. Yeah. Only he says it by revelation. revelation. That's good. Which is, you must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is such a beautiful picture. Because, you know, you have in Matthew 28, 19, where Jesus in flesh speaks and says, you know, baptizing the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And in Acts chapter 2, 
the same Jesus now in spirit form is bringing the revelation of what he spoke in Matthew chapter 28. <laughs> That's Amen. such a beautiful picture. Amen. Amen. And it doesn't change because John said, if you know anybody in the scripture that was baptized differently, please. Yeah. The email address is etpodcast at etmtab.com. Please, I beg of you. Right to us. You won't find it, from my understanding, for the first two or three hundred years in church history thereafter, the Bible either. You won't find a single example of it until about 325 AD when the Nicene Council came. You might, maybe you'd find the odd instance before that, but I don't believe until about after that, 325 AD, you won't find a, a, a biblical example or a historical example of the church after that, baptizing any other way than the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Give or take. but And I'd love to see the example if you can send it. I'm going to rip the carpet out from under someone right now, which is going to bring to me 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 12, where Paul writing to the Corinthians and says, Now this I say that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am of Cephas, and I am of Christ. So in other words, there was people in that church that were saying, I'm saved by Paul, I'm saved by Apollos, I'm saved by this one. But Paul writes and says, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? Hmm. He says, I thank God that I, was, that I baptized none of you, but Crispus of Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in mine own name. See, he says, it's about you need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only name. That's, that's the one they were all baptized in. They were all baptized under that name. They weren't baptized to a Paul. They weren't baptized to Apollos. They weren't baptized to Cephas. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And we remember reading in Ephesians chapter 4 that there is only one baptism. Yeah. Only one. <laughs> now, um, in Hebrews 13a, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Going back to, to the titles... Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Yet there is only one name that we are talking about. It was revealed unto the apostle that salvation alone goes in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches that there is no salvation in other name, title, or place, only in the name of Jesus Christ. Yet he is the Rose of Sharon, the Lily of the Valley, the Morning Star, the Alpha and Omega, he is all these things, yet there is no salvation in any of these titles, only in the name of Jesus Christ. God has so many titles. Our righteousness, our peace, ever-present, our Father, our King, Prince of Peace, Son, Holy Ghost, but He has only one human name, and that name is Jesus, but which Name every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. Everyone that is baptized in the titles of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is baptized in no name at all. They are titles like a minister, reverend, doctor, whatever more. Father, son, daughter, wife, titles. You may say it does not make a difference. Then put your title on your check. Not your name 
and try whether the bank could cash it. Say, I signed the, this check in the name of the husband. That doesn't make sense, as it could be disbelieved. God war. When the revelation is laying right here before your eyes, the name is also the password to heaven. Oh my, I like that. <laughs> That's awesome, because if you ever try and fill out a check, and you even spell your name wrong, <laughs> they rejected. won't accept it. Oh my. You cannot cash that check. It's void. It's got to be the right name. So much so that in, I believe, is it Acts chapter 19? There was a group of uh, believers that were baptized, that Paul passing through the upper coasts of Caesarea Philippi, I believe the scripture says, and it talks about him meeting these believers and asking, he asked them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, well, we know not whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he asked, how are you baptized? Well, we were baptized unto John's baptism. And note that that was the same baptism that Jesus was baptized. He was baptized by John the Baptist. So there they were, baptized the same way that Jesus Christ was baptized. But now the word had come to a place where it was revealed the right way to baptize through Peter, that you must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was good for Jesus for a time. He, the sacrifice had to be washed. It was an Old Testament type that he was fulfilling. The word had to come to the prophet. But here they were, baptized the same way by John, but they needed to be baptized. And, 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 but here they were, baptized the same way as Jesus, and Paul says, you have to be rebaptized. He says, you have to be rebaptized this way, with this formula, with this password to heaven, in this way, and you have to spell it right, and you have to get it right. <laughs> it has to be done just right. Yeah. And when they did it, then they got the Holy Ghost. Exactly. It is so important it to is. baptize right. It is that entrance. And, it, and it's not even, the other part to say is, you know, what's the important part about getting into the tank to be baptized and, and why? It's an outward sign of an inward work. It's something that you show that others around you, your friends, your family, they'll know that although something already has maybe happened inside of you, I want to show to the world that I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ, the Jesus Christ that is, you know, coming alive inside of me. And it's that outward show of that inward work. And I'm taking on the name of Christ and I'm being buried in baptism so I can raise again in new. And it's a, it's a show that I'm dead to myself. I'm burying that old man in these waters, separating myself from it so that I can raise up. It's not the waters that regenerate you, but it's showing that I'm a new person in Christ Jesus. And I just want to drop a little tidbit in here because that, that is an awesome point on Revelation that when God reveals or shows the revelation of a mystery, to go back into the mystery of it is no longer acceptable to God. When he reveals himself, you can't claim ignorance anymore. Yeah. Because they could say, I was baptized just the way Jesus was, but it had been revealed that this was the right way to be baptized. You couldn't go back to before that day yeah. and say, well, I didn't know. No, I sent that revelation by your way. Yeah, that's good. It's up to you to accept or reject it. Someone might have a question. I don't know if, Brother Andrew, you have a thought on this, but someone might say, well, was Jesus baptized wrong then? Is that what you're trying to say? And that's not at all what we're trying to say. Jesus had no need to be baptized the way we need to be baptized. 
because Jesus was born perfect. Jesus didn't have to die to himself. Jesus didn't have to be born again. He was the perfect son of God. But Jesus was the lamb of God that was slain for our sins, and he couldn't break the scriptures. And if you go back into the Old Testament, the sacrifice always had to be washed before it was sacrificed. That's why Jesus had to be baptized. We're not getting baptized to be washed for sacrifice. We're baptized to separate ourselves from that old man of sin to show that we're cleansed from all of what we once were and we're now a new creature in Jesus Christ. Amen. And to show how awesome it is because in Acts chapter 8, Philip was down there talking to a eunuch that was from Ethiopia. And as and as this Ethiopian, he's riding in his chariot and he's reading the scripture and he, he's he's trying to understand it but finally Philip comes along and he invites Philip into the chariot and he begins to make known unto him that the scriptures he's reading and how they're pertaining to Christ. And as the revelation begins to strike the eunuch, he says, there's water. What does hinder me from being baptized? He recognizes on his own from hearing what Philip's probably talking about, how Jesus died and how Jesus said you got to be baptized and how Peter came and had the revelation and how there was 3,000 out of the church and how they were speaking in tongues and how everything was just, it was a wonderful expression of the Holy Ghost, how God was moving. And he says, I got to be a part of this. And he says, how can I be a part of it? I know exactly how I can be a part of it. I need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You better take me down in that water right there. I don't care if it's dirty, stinky water. But he said, I, I need to be baptized right now. And he got baptized right there. Reading the scripture a little bit, Paul wasn't in that, in that day of Pentecost. But he baptized in the same name as Peter was baptizing. Yeah. So both Peter and Paul baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All throughout the Bible, when they, they never contradict themselves in the water baptism. Paul, being the apostle for the Gentiles, he got the revelation that the water baptism must be applied in the name of Jesus Christ. So Peter, who walked with Jesus in the flesh, given the keys to the kingdom, came out with this revelation. Paul, who met Jesus on the road to Damascus in the pillar of fire, came out of that experience with the same revelation that Peter had. Yeah, exactly. Because guess what? It's the same spirit. It's the same spirit. One spirit, one Lord, one baptism. Because that name of Jesus is so powerful that even Isaiah... Can I go here now, please? Please do. <laughs> that even in Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 53, he begins to prophesy, speaking of the coming Lord Jesus. And he begins to say, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded. This is talking of our Lord Jesus Christ. He was wounded when I'm baptized into that name of Jesus Christ. I'm identified that he was wounded for my transgressions. I'm identified that he was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes, I am healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone unto his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before a shearer is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? He was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he hath done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. It exactly describes Lord Jesus Christ and what we're identified with when we bury ourselves to say when Christ died and he was buried there, I'm identified in water baptism. That was me. When Christ raised on the third day, glorious Lord of all in his glorified body, I'm identified with him on that day by raising out of the water a new creature in Christ Jesus. There's still power in the name of Jesus. Galatians 1a, Paul says, Though we or an angel from heaven preach another gospel than that which we have already preached unto you, let him be accursed. If we are misled with any type of doctrine that is not in the scripture or is not preached by Paul, we consider that it's not the right doctrine or not the right baptism. If we are not doing as how the scripture the scripture teaches, my precious friends, whoever you are, do not be deceived by false doctrines and man-made creeds. Do not let any church theology bind you from this truth, revelation. If you have not been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, your baptism is wrong. You have to be rebaptized again in order for you to receive the Spirit of God. Amen. We want to leave you with this one song. This was sung in in the church here at End Time Message Tabernacle a couple months ago. Speak Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. I know that there's peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there's freedom
Fire. 